Thank you for downloading the podcast. We believe the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. It's not the one you can afford. It's the one you can receive. Let me try that again. So, you know, a lot of times all we, all we look at is what we can afford. No, get in your car, drive around, and you'll know when the Holy Ghost witnesses with your spirit, when you're, and you see it, you say, there it is right there. Lee and I, two different times in our life, totally impossible. No way we could buy a house. We looked at 10 houses one day, real estate agent, two real estate agents in the car. At the end of the day, Lee and I sat in the back of the car just laughing, and they turned around. One of them turned around kind of, kind of serious and said, let us in on the joke. I said, it ain't no joke. We ain't got any money. <laughs> About six weeks later, we stood in front of a home. I had the real estate agent with me. And I said, do you think I can afford this house? And he looked at me because he knew the numbers and everything that you got to have. He said, uh, he said, there's no way. He said, there's no possible way. I said, it's mine. I just bought it last week. He said, that's impossible. I said, no, it's not. Here's the keys right here. And you know, you know what I did? I wrote him out a check. He spent all that time. I wrote him out a check. Said, here you go, brother. He couldn't believe it. He said, nobody's ever given me a check. And when I hadn't found in my house, I said, I am. I'm going to give you a check for all your work. Amen. Blew his mind. Amen. So go back to your seat. Believe and you receive in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. After 12 this morning, we began studying the subject of faith. I want you to know faith can change your world, the world that you live in. Many years ago, I began to realize that if I was going to live, I was going to have to do it by faith. So I poured myself into studying the subject, living by the subject. In my life, there's no way I could have uh, earned or gotten or uh, been smart enough or educated enough to to handle the money I've handled, receive the things I've done, gone all around the world where I've traveled. It's been by faith. It's been totally by faith. And uh, we thank God that He's given us this wonderful uh, gift of faith. That's what it is. It's of God. God is a faith God for us to operate in and use it to tap into the great deposit of redemption. All that God has provided for us in Christ. When you come to the realization that God's not going to do anything for you, so many people live their life thinking that if they can get God to do something for them, then maybe they'll be okay in whatever area of their life they need God to do something for them in. But God is not, listen to me emphatically, God is not going to do anything for you. God has already done it. I said He's already done it. Jesus has already died. He's already rose from the dead. The stone was rolled away. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. His blood is on the mercy seat. A great deposit of salvation, of prosperity, of healing, of blessing, of joy. And even greater than that, a great deposit of plans. When I look across this auditorium this morning and see all the people, I see all the plans that God has for every different person, for every family. He's got a plan for your life so far above your own imagination. So far beyond your own, uh, so far above your own ambition, and if you will pursue it, I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. 
Anybody that's ever entered into the plan of God for their life, they've never been disappointed. They've never been ashamed. They've always been glad, especially at the end of their life, that they pursued the plan and the will of God for their life. And I guarantee you, by faith, you can do it. You can be who God's called you to be. You can do what God's called you to do. You can go where God's called you to go. No matter where it is, you can do it by faith. Amen. Last week, we began to look where the Bible said the just shall live by faith. Those that have been justified shall live by faith. And if we're going to operate in faith, we're going to have to operate by understanding. Everybody say understanding. You're not going to get, when it comes to the spiritual things, the things of God, you're not going to get explanations that are going to agree with your natural mind. The intellect and the natural mind demand explanations. It wants to know why one and one is two. In the natural, one and one equals two. In the spirit, one and one could equal a million. I know one, I know one spiritual equation says one will put a thousand to flight, two will put ten thousand. So there's one plus one equal ten thousand right there. See, things are different in the spirit realm. You're not going to get an explanation of it. We gave the illustration of flying in an airplane. We don't have explanations of how to fly on them, but we can have an understanding. We can know which airport go, to go to, what gate to go through, and what seat to sit in, and that's all we need to know. That's all we need to know. We can get to our destination. And I want you to know Jesus is flying this airplane. <laughs> all you need is your ticket. I said, all you need is your ticket. He'll bring you into salvation. He'll bring you into the baptism of the Holy Ghost and do you with power. He'll bring you into financial blessing. He'll bring you into freedom. Freedom, amen, free from sickness, disease, poverty, lack, free from depression, free from addiction, affliction, whatever it is. He'll bring you into it. You just got to be willing to get on the plane. Now, Romans chapter 12, we'll begin there this morning. Beginning in verse 1, the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Galveston. Amen? It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. One translation says, which is an act of spiritual worship. Now, I want you to know, your body's a mess. I mean, I like to stay in shape. Amen? I can still go out and surf two or three hours at a time. I can still duck hunt, still, uh, you know, play a little uh, badminton and things like that. But I want you to know, you've got to come to a place in your life where you present your body to God. You say, how do you do that? Come to church. Lift up your hands and learn, learn to worship. Learn to open your mouth and give praises unto the Lord. Learn to use your body to praise and worship God. Remember when you were a sinner how you used your body to sin? Well, you ought to give your body to the Lord now. You know, here at Island Church, we'll give you a little liberty. I tell you, if your feet feel like dancing during that praise service, you get up and dance. Amen. You feel like you need to run around the church, you get up and run around. The Let your body give an expression to what's working on the inside of you. Many times, that's how faith will operate and how faith will work. So, don't give your body to the devil. It says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove, that you may prove what is the good an acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, I want you to know the will of God for your life is good, it's perfect, and it is acceptable for you. Most people, listen, and I, I, I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Most of us are like this. Let me do it my way, and if you let me do it my way and I mess up, God, I'll come to you. Why waste the time? Why waste the effort? When you can do it God's way and be so much further ahead in your life without having your brains beat out by the world, the flesh, and the devil. Amen. 
No, there's a will of God for you. By faith, begin to pursue it in every area of your life, in your mind, in your body, in your finances, all that you have. Give it over to the Lord. Make Jesus a great quest of your life, and I guarantee you'll live in an adventure. Years ago, when I married Leah, I'll never forget, she brought, a, she brought the piece of paper that had to do the budget of our household, and she had a little bit of money I was making in the ministry, a little bit of money she was making in her, in her business. And she came with those big blue eyes and tears rolling down her cheek. And she said, Rusty, it just doesn't look like it, we're going to be able to make it. And I put my arms around her. I said, honey, get ready for a great adventure in faith. Has it been an adventure, sweetie? Yeah, it has, hasn't it? God has blessed us. We've been around the world. We've preached to the nations. We've seen signs, wonders, and miracles. We've handled millions of dollars. God has done all kinds of things in our life, and we're just getting started. We're more excited about the will of God today than we ever were in any days behind us. Our greatest days are ahead of us. What a journey we have as an individual and as a church. Thank God God's given us an assignment. Something to do in the last of the last days. Be a part of that. Be a part of people of faith. And I guarantee you, you'll never be disappointed or ashamed. And it says, be not conformed to this world. The world has a box for you. The world, listen, it conforms people. It has a white box. It says, stay in your white box. It has a black box. It says, stay in your black box. It has a Hispanic box. It says, stay in your Hispanic box. It has a rich box. It says, stay in your rich box. It has a poor box. It says, stay in your poor box. It doesn't want you out of your box. But thank God Jesus came and he knocked all the walls out of the box. And you don't have to be conformed to this world or this world's way of thinking or this world's way of doing things. But you can be transformed by the reprogramming and the renewing of your mind. Every day, read the Bible. Every day, meditate on the Word of God. Come to church. Let us teach and preach the Word of God. Listen, we only teach and preach what we prove. You say, what do you mean? I don't read somebody's book and come up and preach that if I hadn't proved it. I don't hear some message, oh, that sounds good. I think I'll, I think I'll feed it to the flock at a, of Island Church. No, what I've been eating has been all right for me. So that's what I'm going to feed you. I'm going to feed you what I've been feeding on, and I guarantee you if you'll eat it, it'll bless you like it's blessed me. Come, hear the Word of God, then practice it in every area. Obey the Word of God. Don't be timid or ashamed, but raise up in boldness and say, Devil, you're not going to defeat me. World, you're not going to defeat me. Mind, you're not going to defeat me. Flesh, you're not going to defeat me. I'm going to live victorious in every area of life. Do it in Jesus' name. Then it says this. For I say through the grace given unto unto me, to every man, man or woman, that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to. Let me tell you a, a, a high thought that you have. I don't need God. Did you know that's, that's a trouble thought right there? I don't need God. I, I've said this for years. You may not think you need God, but your thinking's messed up because you do. Every person needs God. Every person needs a loving Heavenly Father to reach down and put their arms around them and bring them and hug them and say, It's going to be all right. You say, Does God do that? God does that. You've got to let Him do it though. Amen. God wants to bless. God wants to help. God wants to increase. God's got so much that he wants to manifest and bring into your life. You say, how do you know that? That's what he deposited through Jesus Christ. Man, we sang, they sang that song about the blood. Oh, my goodness. We could take off on the blood. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin and unrighteousness. The blood of Jesus brought salvation. The blood ran down his back because of that we're healed. The blood flowed out of his hands because of that our hands don't have to sin and do iniquity. The blood flowed out of his feet. We don't have to go to places anymore that cause destruction to come to our lives. The blood cries out for us on the mercy seat. Ever made a mistake? 
the blood cries out, mercy, mercy, mercy. That means God's stopping from happening to you what should happen to you because of what you've done. God says, no, 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 no. The blood was shed. I'll give them mercy. So don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. But now notice what it says here. Not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man, every man, every woman, actually that's the word mankind, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Everybody say the measure. Now, we said this last week, it bears repeating. If God demands that we live by faith, but he does not give us faith to please him with, if he does not instruct us, if he does not show us what faith is and how to operate in it, he's an unjust God. But he didn't. He gave us his word. He shows us in his word plainly how to operate by faith. He shows us plainly how to step out in faith, how to walk by faith, how to live by faith, how to operate faith for your healing, faith for your finances, faith for your job or your business or your family. He shows us how to live by faith. Faith is a lifestyle. Every individual, you can come to Island Church, you can go to some other church that claims to be, quote, a faith church. You can go sit under faith teaching. But you will find out that every individual is responsible for their own life of faith. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So God has dealt to every one of us, I love the terminology, the measure. Not a measure. It's the measure. Meaning each and every one of us get the same measure. People say, well, God gave a big measure to Oral Roberts. God gave, man, look at the measure that he gave to Joel Osteen. Look at the measure that he gave to Billy Graham. Look at all these. They've got great measures. No, 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 no. They just developed the faith that they had. You've got to understand each and every one of us has been given a measure of faith down in our spirit. And by reading the word, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word. We'll study that in the next couple of weeks. Meditating on the word, hearing the word. The problem is many of us become good listeners but not good hearers. You say, what do you mean? What you hear is what you act on. What you act on is what you hear. You can listen for six weeks, but the day you hear it and act on it, then faith is going to operate in your life. So he's dealt to every one of us the measure of faith. What are you going to do with it? Are you just going to sit there dormant? Are you going to let it sit there your whole life while you could be living far above where you're living right now? You just let it sit there while your body gets racked with pain. Let it sit there while you struggle in your finances. God wants you to use your faith. Here's the good news about using your faith. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. Everything in the natural wears out with the using. Your clothes, your car, all the good things that you buy, it wears out. But in the spirit, it gets strong. Say, I don't want to wear out my faith. You're not going to wear it out. I don't want to wear out my prayer life. You're not going to wear it out. I don't want to wear out prosper. You're not going to wear it out. The more that you use it, the stronger it gets. So get out there and start using your faith. All these people that lined up for a house, you're going to have to get it by faith. That's why God spoke to me this morning and said, line up everybody, believe in God for a house. Why? You need an impartation of faith by the word of God. Get out there and speak the word. Look at that piece of property. Stand in the front yard. Say, I claim it in the name of Jesus. It belongs to me. I got a word in church a couple of weeks ago. I claim this house in Jesus' name. I claim it in Jesus' name. Act on your faith. Mm-mm-mm. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, I 
like this first scripture. It's, 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 it really helps you to understand this. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Read that in the Amplified. It says, Therefore then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth. This Bible is documentation of a whole bunch of people that live by faith. Amen? I mean, they live by faith. And they secured nations. They lived by faith and got healed in their bodies. They lived by faith and received great wealth. They lived by faith and saw their dead raised. They lived by faith and conquered nations. They lived by faith and did great exploits for God. Listen, we have a great cloud of witnesses. And listen, this is our cheering step. They're saying, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Don't hesitate. Go for it. Listen, I'd rather go for it and fall flat on my face then I would not go for it and miss God. Too many people are, well, I don't know if it'll work. Stay in the Word till you get the strength. Well, well, I'm not sure. Stay in the Word till you have the courage. Stay in the Word, stay in the Word, stay in the Word, and then go for it. Step out by faith. You say, what if I fail? Well, you will. It doesn't matter. Get up and brush yourself off and get up and go again. And if you fail a thousand times, but you do it a thousand and one times, and it works the, first, the, the thousand and first time, you'll be glad that you did it. Great cloud of witnesses. That means there's people that's been in the same predicament that you're in right now that have taken faith and gotten out of it. Isn't that good news? It says this then. It says, I'll start back at the first part. We're foreseeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now let me kind of go backwards. Notice the race that is set before us. We as, a, as individuals have a plan, a race that God has set before us. Also, we have it as a church, a plan, something God has set before us. You say, man, you've come up with some good ideas around here. I haven't come up with one. Everything that has ever been implemented, God has implemented it. Uh, you can ask Brother Roland. He, he does uh, most of the administration here at the church as the uh, operations director. And how many times did I do it? Three times I went to Roland and said, we're going to go to two services. Over there in the, over there in the uh, 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 45th Street, we were packed out, people sitting in the foyer. I went to Roland and said, we're going to go to two services a day. About three days later, I come to, nah, we're not going to do that. That's not God. They've, le- they've learned, you know, everything I say, they take it with a grain of salt to make sure it's God. Then I came to him another time. said, we're going to go to two services a day. And I'm telling you, it wasn't the end of the day. The Lord said, I never told you to do that. So I went and told him. Third time, I think he was like, I was like the kid that was crying wolf, you know. But the fourth time I came to him and said, now, Roland, we're going to two services a day. God said. And did you know it works now? I mean, that service last week, the Holy Ghost was poured out. This week, somebody got saved. I think a couple of weeks ago, somebody got saved. We're up to almost 80 people in that second service. You say, why? Because it's God now and not us trying to do it. There was a what? A preordained plan, and we raced or we ran into it. So many times, that race of your life gets derailed or delayed is because you go your own way. Who was it? Frank Sinatra saying, I did it my way. Don't do it your way. Do it God's way. It's so much better. The race that was set before us. Now notice what it says here. That we're going to have to do it. We're going to have to run. That's an effort. We're going to have to run with patience. 
That's a fruit of the Spirit that's developed in us. But now, back up to the middle part of this. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Let me read this again in the Amplified. It says, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance and unnecessary weight and that sin which so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to and entangles us. Now, first of all, weights. Weights are things that just keep you from serving God. They rob you of your time. They rob you of your effort. Sometimes they rob you of... That's not, listen, it's not wrong to have a hobby. It's not wrong to go fishing or, or to play golf or to, or to, or to go hunting or, or to ladies to go shopping or do whatever you like. That's, that's not what we're talking about. But there are weights. You know, one of them, I could, I could, I could probably do it and, and, and nobody would think anything about it. People would probably say, oh, okay, well, praise God. Maybe that's God. I don't know. I could make a decision. Now, now Roland, uh, here's what I want to do. I'm going to start traveling more. I want you to pick up the phone. I want you to start scheduling some meetings. I, I want to preach twice a month. Now, we've got some good preachers in the church. We've got Brother Allen. We've got Roland. We've got Brother Danny. We've got a lot of stuff, several other guys. So, you know, we'll let some of these other guys preach, and I'll just go out and trap. But here's the problem. God called me to Pastor Island Church. Did you, get, did you get that? So if I begin to do that, that could become a weight to my faith. Especially here at a critical time in which we're believing God for land and building in order to expand our facilities to seat over a thousand people. I need to be here. I need to be with the family. I need to be with the church doing what God called me to do. Not running around the country building another ministry. See, that could become, it looks spiritual, it looks right, but it'd be a weight to me. Amen. I could say, well, you know, I think I'll go get my captain's license. I like to go fishing. I got a nice boat, so I think I'll go get my captain's license. I'll put an ad in the paper, start taking people fishing. We're charging $500 a day, raise a little money, put it in the building fund. Sounds good. But you know, I'd have to miss Tuesday night. Prayer. I'm supposed to be here leading the church praying. Oh, and got, 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 a, got, a, got a Wednesday afternoon fishing trip coming up, so I got to go take care of that instead of being in church, teaching the church on Wednesday night. See what I'm saying? No, it's not a sin, but it's a weight. You need to judge your own life. If it's a weight to you, get rid of it. You don't need it because it hinders you from running your race. Whatever may be a weight to you, get it out of your life. When I, when I first came back to the Lord, uh, I, I went to uh, uh, Jim Shoulders Rodeo School, Henrietta, Oklahoma. At the same time I was going to Jim, Rodeo, uh, Jim Shoulders Rodeo School, I was going up to uh, uh, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, to uh, a prayer seminar at Brother Kenneth Hagin's uh, Rhema Bible College. And so I was going there, and I kind of figured I was back to the Lord, and I'd worked in the cable TV industry. had worked my way up the ladder, had become a, a trunk technician working in the main lines in the satellite receiving area. And uh, I just thought, well, you know, I really don't want to go back and do that anymore. I thought this. I'll just go back into the rodeo business. I need to make money. I was good when I was a kid. Maybe I can do that again. It says of people that, that, that rodeo, you know the term people that rodeo, too lazy to work, too nervous to steal. <laughs> that was about it. Amen. Had a big old buckle I used to wear from, said Texas Youth Rodeo Association, state finals on it. All. And you know, I was sitting in, in that meeting one night and the Lord spoke to me and said, that's a weight. Get that out of your life. I'm like, Lord, I don't want to do that. He said, put that buckle in the offering. So I took it off, put it in the offering, obeyed God. Came home, entered two rodeos. One of them was up at Gillies when Gillies used to have a rodeo arena, had a rodeo every Thursday. So I went up there, pulled up there, walked up to the, to the office, and they said, you know, we've had a rodeo every week for I forget how many years. They said, he said, that, for some reason, they canceled it this week. I thought, yeah, for some reason. 
and I had entered another rodeo up in Laporte, Texas. And so you call to find out that I was either going to be riding on Friday night, Saturday night, or Sunday night. So I was calling up there to, uh, to find out which night I would be riding on. And so the lady picked up the phone. She was the, uh, the, uh, uh, the secretary of the rodeo association. And she said, um, well, Mr. Martin, uh, I don't know how to tell you this, but um, we've canceled the rodeo this year. So I was praying, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, I'll cancel every rodeo from here to Calgary till you figure out you're not called to ride no rodeo. You're called to preach the gospel. You better go do what I called you to do. I said, you got me, God. I'm going to do it. You've got to lay aside the waste and the sin. You say, what do you mean with sin? Don't be involved in sin. Sin will destroy you. The wages of sin is death. That doesn't mean when you die, that means down here on the earth. It's death to your finances, death to your relationships, death to your physical body. Don't, be, don't lie. Man. We'll cast out lying devils at the end of the meeting, I guess. Don't steal. Say, but wait a second, Pastor, you know, they don't pay me but a little bit of money down there at the job. And I've got, I got to grab a few things off the shelf just to make it. <laughs> don't steal. Don't be involved in perversion. You say, what does that mean? Figure it out for yourself. There are things on television. There are things on the Internet. There are things on the printed page. It will destroy your life. So many preachers are even afraid to say the S word, the sin word. There are things out there that are sin, and if you get involved in them, they will destroy you. Get it out of your life. Unbound by it. Get unbound. Jesus will set you free. Addictions, get them out of your life. People say, well, can I smoke and go to heaven? Yeah, you just get there sooner. I heard another old preacher, old country preacher say something one time. Somebody came to him and said, oh, can I chew tobacco and go to heaven? He said, I thought for a minute. He said, yeah, but you got to go to hell to spit. <laughs> you say, you think those things are sin? If they come in between you and God, if they destroy your physical body, if they mess with your mind... Say, well, you know, I, I think I'm going to move up to Colorado or California because marijuana is legal. And, and I'm stressed. And, I, you know, I need, to, I, need to, I need to smoke some weed that will just calm me down. And Well, God gives you the Holy Ghost for that. You pray in tongues for an hour. You won't need no pacalolo. You don't know what pacalolo is? It's crazy weed. That's what it is in, in Hawaii. You don't need no crazy weed. You don't need no Jack Daniels. You don't need no Jim Beam. You got the Holy Ghost. You got the new dove. You don't need that stuff. It will hinder your walk of faith. God's got us by faith reaching this community. By faith going to the world. Just in a few weeks, we will be on the internet every service preaching around the world. Somebody ought to give a glory to God for that. How are we doing it? By faith. By faith, we're going to grab that land. By faith, we're going to raise up that building. By faith, we're going to do it. We're going to lay aside the way. We're going to lay aside the sin. But now notice this. This is interesting. In the Amplified, it makes it a little more amplified. Somebody said a woman wrote the Amplified Bible, and I, I believe it. it says, Let us strip off. 
Throw aside every encumbrance, every unnecessary weight. And that sin which so, notice, readily, deftly, cleverly clings to and entangles. Everybody say entangles. Now, I, I, I said earlier I like I liked to fish. I've been fishing. I'm 57. I guess I've been fishing 50 years. First time I caught a speckled trout, I was about seven or eight over at the old quarantine station. So I like this time of year is a great time to fish. I mean, this is, this is one of my favorite times of year. You get uh, late May, early June. You get the water in the Gulf, that nice green color. One of my favorite places is the, 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 the Gulf side of the South Jetty, about 100, 150 yards up from the beach. Man, you catch out on an incoming tide and, and that bait's schooling and the birds are hitting. Man, you know it's time to receive. It's time to fill the ice chest. So you pull up there and you anchor your boat. And you get you a live shrimp or if you're fishing with lures or whatever you get. And you make that cast. And if you have an entanglement. Anybody know what that's called? A backlash. If you have an entanglement or a backlash, then the focus of your day at that point changes from filling the ice chest with fish to dealing with the entanglement. You ever seen people do it? And you get a good one in there, you get a real one, a, a bird's nest where it's knotted up down, and you'll be messing with that thing, and messing with that thing, and messing with, and listen, while everybody else is catching one trout after the other, you're standing there dealing with an entanglement. We were, I told the story in the early service about, we were with a pastor friend of ours, Benny Hahn, not Benny Hinn, Benny Hahn, from El Paso, Texas. We got Dad and I and Alan and Benny. We went just, the scenario I just mentioned, right out to the south jetty, I could tell the tide was starting to peak out, and I knew it was going to stop, so we had to get out there and get them quick. So we started one after another, and Benny, first cast, tangled. I said, Benny, there's another rod right there. Grab that rod. No, I can get it. I can take care of it. Grab that rod, Benny. No, I can take it. So I just left him alone. We started catching one right after, I think we had 16 or 17 nice trout in the ice chest, and guess what? Soon as he got his entanglement dealt with, like you flip a switch, is over. He threw out there. <laughs> and he sat there, and he sat there, and he sat there, and he sat there, and we pulled up the anchor, and we went home, and we had fish, and he had an entanglement. <laughs> Listen, life is the same way. You get your boat of faith right to the place which you know it's time to reap my harvest. It's time to receive my healing, my debt, all that God has done for me. And you get out there and you make that cast of faith. And what happens? An entanglement. So many people miss God. So many people miss the blessing of God because of an entanglement in their life. And the problem is many times it's repetitive. It's the same old thing. The same old weight. The same old sin. That kept you out of the miracle, kept you out of the blessing last time, it'll get you next time if you don't deal with it. You say, what do you mean? I've seen people, oh, I, I never realized it was on the level that it was on until I began to pastor. Traveling, I used to see it, uh, you know, limitedly. But as I've pastored, I've watched people come to the church and serve God. And then one little thing, one little situation, one little problem where they either should walk in love or not be offended or get mad at something I say. Now let me just let me just throw this out. If I teach and preach to you for five years and say everything right, and then one day I say one thing wrong, that ain't no reason to live. Leave. No reason to live either, amen. 
But a lot of times that's the way people are. They'll go sit in a church and a pastor will teach and preach and oh yeah, yeah, amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, that's it, brother. Preach it, that's it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And then they'll say one thing that deals with their character. That's it. God's calling me to another church. You've just had a, bla- a backlash is what you've had. You've just had an entanglement because it's probably that area of your character that every time a preacher misses, uh, mentions it and you get mad at it, that's what's kept the trout from getting in your ice chest. How dare he say that about me? I, had a, I got a letter from somebody that I could not tell you who they were. That happened when? Back, back, back before Christmas. And it said, Oh, I love Island Church, but I'm tired of you telling everybody what I do from the pulpit. <laughs> I thought to myself, what do you mean? I don't even know who you are. And she began to list these things. How did you know I do this? How did you know I do that? How did you know? I don't know you do any of it. The Holy Ghost knows. And if he corrects you, stand corrected. Don't fight, recoil, and rebel. And say, I'll find me another church. If God's, listen, if God's drawn you here and you're planted and you're walking in faith with us, you fight with everything you have to stay and receive the blessing and do not get yourself entangled with things that's kept you out of the blessing in years past. You say, well, how do I deal with that? I got away. On my boat, I carry a knife called a great white. And it is very sharp. I've cut myself with it several, several times. But instead of playing the backlash game, y'all know the backlash game. Especially if the fish are biting. I grab about three loops and cut. And pull. And cut again and pull. And cut again and pull. And it all comes loose and all the entanglement falls off. And I string it back up, run it back through, put me on another worm, and we're going to get them. Are you with me? The Bible says that the Word of God is quick, it's powerful, and it's what? Sharper than a two-edged sword. You need to stick the knife of the Word of God into the entanglements of your life that keep you out of the blessings of God, that cause you not to walk in faith, that pull you into unbelief. You need to say, I'm going to put the knife of the Word. I'm going to cut that character trait out of me. I'm going to cut that prejudice out of me. I'm going to cut that bigotry out of me. I'm going to cut this mindset out. I'm going to cut this out. I'm going to cut that out. And I'm going to receive what God has for me. Because if you will do it, you will never be ashamed. And you'll never regret it. Now, let me close with this. My time's up. Hallelujah. Verse 2. Looking unto Jesus... The author and the finisher of our faith. Now, let me say something to you. If you follow Jesus, you will lose your mind. If you follow Jesus, your old carnal, sin-soaked, reprobate mind, God will put things in your heart, dreams, visions, he will put desires on the inside of you that your mind cannot comprehend of. Your mind to say, no way, Jose. Your mind to say, that'll never happen. Your mind to say, we'll never get, we don't make enough money. We can't do this. We can't do, your mind, listen, your mind will wreck you. But when Jesus authors something in your life, 
He authors it above the level of your mind. He drops it into your human spirit. He authors it. That means he's the one that came up with it. His idea, not yours. His idea, not yours. This ain't my idea. This isn't my idea. Doing all this in my, that's God's idea. If it was my idea, it'd be flopping like a fish. Say, so how do you know it's God? Because it's successful. Man cannot touch spiritual things and be successful without God initiating it. And when God initiated, when God told me, go in the field, go to the churches, do everything you can do to help build them. And we were successful. And God blessed us. And we were increased. And we could not do that on our own. Jesus authored it and then he finished it. And God says, that's over in your life. Now go down to Galveston and start Island Church. Well, we fought against that. And we rebelled. Our minds could not accept it. It was too big for us. It was too large. We didn't want to do it. We were looking back instead of looking forward. We were looking back at the success we had, planning on how to keep that, when God was saying, I've authored something else in your life. It's time to go after what I've authored. You've done well with what I've called you to do. I authored it. I finished it. He says, now I've authored. So finally, when we obeyed God, God began to bless I mean, we made a total transference from field ministry into pastoral ministry and didn't even change the salaries of our staff. Didn't change the salaries, Lee and I's salary. You don't, church, you don't do that. Not of a field ministry that has been 18 years in existence, that has built salaries, that has built income, that has built partners, that have gone all over the world, that receives an enormous amount of money. You don't take a small group out of that and start a church with it and everybody keep their same salary. You don't do that unless someone else authors it. Someone else did. Whatever it is in your life, some of you, you've got a dream in you. You've got a desire. There's that urge that, that bubbles up. And you get in a worship service and the Spirit of God begins to move. And you feel that bubbling on the inside. You know something. Some of you, it was a house today. Some of you, it may be a, a new car. Some of it may, it may be to walk in divine health. Some of you may be just to, to, to break loose from some habit. No matter what it is that God's offering, let Him do it. No matter how far above your mind it may be, let Him do it. You say, my mind, I can't figure out how it's going to happen. Quit trying to figure out. By faith, we understand. We don't figure out. Because if he authors it, then all you got to do is get on the plane and hang on for the ride, and he'll finish it. God did so much for Lee and I when we first got married. It's so merciful. I told the story in the early service about first service that we went to together after we were married. We went to a church that was about... I don't know, maybe 150, 200 people in the church. and We preached and prophesied and laid hands on the sick and did everything God told us to do and got back to the hotel room. And She's real anxious. She's real teacher motivated, wants to know how much we got, how much was the offering. So we opened up the offering, pulled out the check, and it was the grand total amount of $50. And Leah just began to cry. She just began to cry. And I thought, oh my God, what am I going to do? Got a brand new wife. And she's looking at me like, what are we getting ourselves into? Have you lost your mind? Who have I married? What have I done? And so I'm just standing there kind of shocked. Not at the offering, but at the reaction. And all of a sudden, there's a knock on the door. Everybody say a knock on the door. And the guy standing at the door, he said, you know, I was in the service tonight. And I, didn't, I was supposed to give in the offering. I didn't do it. 
But God told me to bring it to the hotel. He drove, he drove around the, the, the town. It was a small town. So he drove around. There was like three motels there until he found our car. And then just went up, found whatever, uh, you know, wherever the car was. Parked. Went and knocked on the door, handed, handed us an envelope. Well, we said, thank you, sir. And, you know, he walked off, opened it up. They checked for $500. Leah got happy. You understand, this is 1986, amen. She got real happy. I said, we're going to make it. We can pay some bills now. The first time we went overseas, we went to the Philippine Islands. Our budget was around $2,800, $900 a piece for a ticket. That ticket took us from, from Houston to Kansas City to L.A. to Honolulu to Manila to Hong Kong, back to Manila to Honolulu to L.A. to Houston, 900 bucks. So we needed about another 1000 We were going to spend Three days, I think, three days in Hawaii. Uh, we had to preach in Hong Kong. We had a big conference to do in the Philippines. And the night we were to leave, we had our tickets and we had all the money we need except for $500. So we were like, man, you know. All right, Lord, you told us to go. You authored it. We told everybody we're going to the Philippines. It was supernatural the way God put it together with Sister Helen Redmond. God had spoke to her. She called the pastor, the guy who was our pastor at the time. When she called, I was sitting in his office. He looked up and said, oh, he's sitting right here. Then he said this, he'll be glad to go. I didn't even know who he was talking to. She said, come preach the National Pastors Conference in Mindanao in the Philippines. So here we were just, what, hours, hours from leaving. And a knock at the door. A lady comes, stood at the door. She said, you know, the Lord spoke spoke to me tonight. And I was supposed to come give you this. She handed us an envelope. We thanked her. We shut the door and opened it up. And there was, what, five, five hundred dollars. Right there, and they had all the money we need, and then some, to go on that trip and to come. See, we were doing it all by faith. By faith. He authored it. He finished it. Our first crusade we did in Hawaii in 1994, $30,000 budget. I did not know how we were going to get it. I just kept believing God. We kept praying, but we made this confession. When we get on the airplane, every debt will be paid. Every bill will be paid. When we got on the airplane, every bill was paid. You say, why? He is the author And he is the finisher. You've got to stay focused on him. He is the one that will help you get out of the boat and walk on the water. And when the waves and the wind starts railing around you, he's the one that will lift you up. You've got to focus yourself upon him and stay focused your entire life. You live for him. You die with him. You live for him in eternity. Jesus loves you and cares about you. And the Bible says the just shall what? Live. By faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Bow your heads. Thank you for joining us today. We trust you enjoyed the podcast. We extend an invitation to you. Come join us in one of our services. Sunday morning, 1045. Tuesday prayer, 730. Thursday evening, midweek service, 730. We are located 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. See you there.